Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning in to this podcast. St Bride's is famous for its ministry to journalists, and behind me you can see our journalists' commemorative altar, but we are, of course, here for you all. Do please leave a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always wonderful to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these services, you will find details in the accompanying text. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son so that all who believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. be with you. A very warm welcome to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this Trinity Sunday. Wherever you are in the world and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. We begin now with our opening prayer. Let us pray. We say together, Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. God the Father forgives us in Christ and heals us by the Holy Spirit. Let us therefore put away all anger and bitterness, all slander and malice, and confess our sins to God, our Redeemer. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed. 
through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We stand for the Gloria. Almighty and everlasting God, you have given us, your servants, grace by the confession of a true faith to acknowledge the glory of the eternal Trinity and in the power of the divine majesty to worship the unity. Keep us steadfast in this faith, that we may evermore be defended from all adversities. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first reading is taken from Isaiah, chapter 6, beginning at the first verse. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy 
is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphim to me, having in his hand a burning coal, which he had taken with tongues from the altar. And he touched my mouth, and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, and your sin forgiven. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is taken from Romans, chapter 8, beginning at the 12th verse. So then, brethren, we are debtors, 
not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of sonship. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is the Spirit himself bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born anew, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, 
unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born anew. The wind blows where it wills, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know whence it comes or whither it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can this be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand this? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know, and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things, and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his, his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God sent the Son into the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Back in the days when I was lecturing in theological education, one of my colleagues told me the following story from a training institution where he had previously taught. One of his students had come up to him and had asked with great enthusiasm whether on Trinity Sunday she might be permitted to choreograph a liturgical dance representing the Holy Trinity as part of the college's worship. Keen to encourage such creative initiatives, my friend agreed. When it came to the actual performance, however, the watching congregation was left somewhat bemused. The thing that they found both challenging and perplexing was not that the dancers who were representing the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all happened to be female. That wasn't a problem at all. The problem was that there were only two of them. Now, call me a hidebound old traditionalist if you will, but I can't help feeling that there is something that is a tad non-negotiable about the number three where the Holy Trinity is concerned. But this story does actually raise a very interesting question, which is this. Why does Christian tradition describe the Almighty as one God in three persons rather than two or four, or for that matter, seven? And more importantly still, why does it matter? I have to say that it really troubles me when I encounter clergy, as I do from time to time, who really can't be doing with the idea of the Trinity, dismissing it as being too difficult, too boring, too complicated, or too irrelevant for Christians in the 21st century to be bothering about. Because for me, nothing could be further from the truth. Indeed, I am in full agreement with one of my great heroes, the 16th century poet, priest, and Dean of St. Paul's, John Donne, who firmly believed that the purpose of the doctrine of the Trinity was not to make the idea of God more complicated, but in fact to make it simpler. He wrote this, God being infinitely one, hath manifested himself to us in three persons to be the more easily discerned by us and the more closely and effectually applied by us. And he was right. 
I'd like you to set aside for a moment any thought you might have of the complicated philosophical debates that the early church had on the subject of the Trinity and think instead about scripture because it is in scripture that we encounter God the Father, creator of all things. It is in scripture that we encounter God the Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And it is in scripture that we encounter the Holy Spirit, who is at work everywhere, inspiring and empowering and encouraging people to do God's will. Sometimes these three are spoken of as if they were completely distinct. The Son prays to the Father, the Spirit empowers the Son. At other times, they're spoken of as if they were one and the same, as when Jesus tells the disciples, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. And yet there is no carefully honed doctrine of the Trinity, nor any clear explanation of how all these things fit together anywhere in the Bible. At the very end of St. Matthew's Gospel, the risen Lord commands the disciples to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But that kind of formula in scripture is very unusual indeed. So, going back to John Donne for a moment, how does the Trinity make the idea of God easier for us to grasp? Because a God who was purely mighty and powerful might easily seem remote from us, difficult to love, wholly separate from the complex and broken reality that is the stuff of our daily lives. Were it not for the fact that he also makes himself known to us as the Son, who came to earth and dwelt among us, who experienced the reality of human life with all its sorrows and hardships and did so on precisely the same terms on which we ourselves experience them. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. And the experience of God the Father and God the Son would be incomplete without God the Holy Spirit, the Spirit who blasts through our lives when we are least expecting it, who disturbs our complacency and overturns our priorities and sets us ablaze with the love of God, the Spirit who brings us comfort when we are afraid, who strengthens us when we face tasks that feel beyond us and who prays for us and prays within us. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, our understanding of God is impoverished and distorted unless we can rejoice in the richness and the fullness of the Trinity. Without all three, we would fail to do justice to the Christian experience of God throughout the centuries in its wholeness and completeness. God the Creator, God the Redeemer, God the Sustainer, God is so much bigger than any single model or image or experience could ever hope to encapsulate. And the Bible points us in that direction because it reflects the lived experience of the people of God who encountered God in all of these realities and yet scripture never feels any need to offer us a neat and tidy explanation of how. A friend of mine who was a school chaplain for many years tells a wonderful story about how she was once struggling to explain the Trinity to a class of young girls. And she was getting increasingly bogged down in all the technicalities when, much to her astonishment, one of the 11-year-olds in the group suddenly came to her rescue. Oh, the Trinity's easy, the girl said. God made us, God's like us, God's with us. Which says it all, really. But finally, to return to the question that I asked at the very start of this address, what is the significance of the number three in all this? And it seems to me that the answer to that question 
resides in the fact that the Christian God is a God of love. Because love can only exist in relationship. So it is hard to see how an all-powerful God, perfect, complete, tireless and unchanging, could, alone and in isolation, be a God of love. And yet a relationship that involves only two individuals can end up being exclusive and inward-looking. But a love shared equally and profoundly between the three persons of the Trinity, between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, is a love that has a quite different momentum. For it is a love that is full to overflowing, a love that spills over and floods the world, and a love that is that powerful and that generous and that boundless cannot help but transform our lives too. And thanks be to God for that. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Christ. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead, and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. In the power of the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, let us pray. Preserve your church in true faith, that all may acknowledge with awe and reverence the mystery of the Holy Trinity. Let our worship be filled with joy, praise and adoration. Let our clergy and officials be inspired in their teaching. Let each one of us called to be Christian serve in humility as one in faith, hope and love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Open the eyes of all mankind to the wonders of things unseen, to the earth's bountiful riches and the priceless gift of charity. Guide all in positions of authority, all who have the power to improve our lives, to protect your creation and bring about peace. Bless all nations, as together we continue to fight this pandemic, giving thanks for the progress made so far, and praying for our brothers and sisters suffering in India, and for the support of vaccination programmes across the world. Lord, in your mercy, 
hear our prayer. Grant to us in our own lives a share in the mutual love of the Holy Trinity, in our daily interaction with family, friends and colleagues. Be with this community of St. Brides in our worship and fellowship as we gather here on Fleet Street within these ancient walls and all who join us from their homes, that we might be as one in the Holy Spirit. Bless the people of Fleet Street and all journalists throughout the world, particularly those who put themselves at risk in the pursuit of truth. We continue to pray for John Cantley, and at this time for Roman Protasevic. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Praying for all who are in pain or sickness, or who suffer in the darkness of unhappy lives, pour upon them the light of your healing, comfort and love. Reveal your spirit to those who have never known you, and restore faith to those who have faltered. Praying thanks for doctors, surgeons, nurses, carers and ancillary staff. We pray your blessing on them and on their families. Bless all who suffer the effects of COVID-19. Bless all who love and care for them and comfort those whose lives are drawing to a close. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Hear us as we remember all who have died, for those known to us, loved and cherished in our memories, for those known only to you, but held in your great love. For mothers, fathers, sons, daughters, friends, neighbours and partners, but each one a child of the same Heavenly Father. May our prayers be received in the unity of the Holy Trinity, three persons and one God. Merciful Father, accept, accept these, prayers these prayers for the sake of, the your, sake son, of your Son, our Saviour, our Saviour Jesus, Christ. Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Will you please stand? Peace to you from God, our Heavenly Father. Peace from his Son, Jesus Christ, who is our peace. Peace from the Holy Spirit, the life-giver. The peace of the triune God be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise, Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. And now we give you thanks, because you have revealed the glory of your eternal fellowship of love with your Son and with the Holy Spirit three persons equal in majesty, undivided in splendor, yet one God, ever to be worshipped and adored. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing.
accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this, our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him, and with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us.
Let us pray. Almighty and eternal God, you have revealed yourself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and live and reign in the perfect unity of love. Hold us firm in this faith, that we may know you in all your ways and evermore rejoice in your eternal glory, who are three persons, yet one God, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. God, the Holy Trinity, make you strong in faith and love, defend you on every side, and guide you in truth and peace. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.